You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, where PGA and LPGA legends, pros and top instructors come to share their stories, insights and tips. Now, back to you, Chris. All right, now back with me here on the French Lick Resort guest line is my good friend Tom Patry. He is now one of the top 25 instructors for Golf Tips Magazine. You guys know, joining me a couple of times a month, and I couldn't be more thrilled about that. And speaking of thrilled, the folks up in Indiana have absolutely got to be thrilled that he is now the new director of golf instruction at the Hawthorns Golf and Country Club in Fishers, Indiana. And uh, I am certainly honored that he is back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Good evening, TP. Thanks for coming back on the show. Christopher, how the heck are you, pal? Nice to hear from you. (laughs) Uh, Fantastic. Thank you, Tom. So as you might have heard, we had uh, we had Gail Graham on the show right before you, and I started off with Gail asking, what's it like to share the practice tee with Tom Patry? So as turnabout is fair play, what's it like sharing the practice tee with Gail Graham? I was listening to that interview. I, I, I tuned in at 8 o'clock, as I always do, loyal to your show, Chris, and uh, I'm not really used to, or maybe I'm not, you know, I shouldn't be allowed to follow a Hall of Famer. I mean, anytime you have a person on the tee with, experience that Gail has a playing professional, um, you know, you win an Australian Masters, you're inducted into your National Hall of Fame. Um, it, it's got to be a real honor to be alongside. She's not only a, a great teacher and, a, and it was a wonderful player, but she's just a wonderful human being. And uh, I think the ladies at Esplanade, um, I'm not sure they really recognize who they have walking around campus every day and, and how much they should be taking advantage of her knowledge as, as new players. Um, but I love working with Gail. She's she's been uh, she's been an asset to me as a partner, and uh, I've learned as much from her as I hope I've taught her. I mean, she she talks about me helping her with her teaching. Well, she's helped me just as much with my coaching. So it, it's fun being with her. She's she's just a she's a pleasure to be around. And Tom, you guys are both a part of Golf Tips Magazine, and uh, Gail was talking about some of the things that she's putting together for uh, upcoming um, uh, editions of that magazine. So. What are some of the things that uh, new subscribers need to rush out and get the magazine for it? Because uh, you're going to be putting some more things in there here soon as well. Yeah, well, Chris, a lot of things. You know, we, we have 25 great teachers in that magazine now, not not just me and not just Gail. So it's such a worthwhile investment to be part of that magazine as a, as a amateur golfer out there trying to get better. Um, I've got a, a – I'm very excited about the fact that Vic Williams, our editor, has uh, asked me to do a uh, – a, uh, column by issue two called TP Talks Golf. So that's going to be a new addition to the magazine. It's going to start this season. I'm excited to contribute that column every, uh, every issue now, uh, as well as the instruction articles that I'll do. But don't, don't tune into Golf Tips Magazine online or on the newsstand just because of me. There's, there's 24 other talented people now that are writing for that magazine. If you look at those resumes collectively, I, I have no problem comparing our resumes as a, as a list, as a top 25 list. With any other list out there in any other magazine on on the planet, we have a really talented group of people now. And Tom, one of the things that you always drill into my head when you come on the show, and Gail even talked about it a little bit tonight as well. Short game. It's short game, short game, short game. What are some of the you know, playing lessons that you can share with us tonight that uh, can help us maybe shave a stroke or two off of our scores based on playing better with our short game? You know, Chris, just like Gail said, you know, one of the things that, that jumps out at me all the time is we spend so much time on the practice with people and 
and I know Gail does this, I certainly do, we, we, we try to drag people over to the short game area, we try to drag people over the putting green, and, you know, what do they want to do? They want their, their driver further or, or work in their full swing. You know, I was I was teaching uh, yesterday afternoon, and I was working with a guy, and I turned around, just glanced over my shoulder, as I often do, at the uh, short game area esplanade behind me, and it was it was stone-cold empty. I looked over at the putting green to my right, and it was stone-cold empty, and every every spot on the range was full. I, I just, you know, after 39 years of doing this, I just shake my head sometimes. It's so hard for me to believe that the the average player with all the information available today statistically hasn't embraced the short game, doesn't understand that's the quickest way for them to shave shots off their game. So my first tip is how about spending some time on your short game? How about just being a little more, more cognizant <laughs> of how you divide your time up in your teaching day or your, or your practice day? You know, I don't let my players who are regular players with me, I drill into their head that when they come to the practice facility, they may not come to the tee first. They must go putt first ship and pitch second, and then if they still have time, the dessert is coming to the practice and hitting some full shots. So if you work from the green backwards, you work from the cup backwards, and all you did was manage your time better in terms of your practice usage, you'd be a better player tomorrow. Um, so, Chris, if I come to Atlanta and I find you on the range hitting drivers, you know, you're fired. You're done. It's over. <laughs> Indeed. As I should be, but you know, chicks dig the long ball, Tom. They, you know, the chicks don't dig the putters. Yeah. That's that's where the problem yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, that's great, Chris. You know, you know, chicks cost too much money too. Just work on your putting. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> Tom. I, I want to get a couple of thoughts uh, for what's going on around uh, the game of golf now from a from a tournament perspective. Obviously, we're on the heels of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is just across the state from you there in Naples. Have you had an opportunity to go over there in the past to check out the tournament and uh, Mr. Palmer's event? Yeah, Mr. Palmer was a uh, was an acquaintance of mine. I was blessed to have spent some time in my life with him. Um, I actually shared a couple lunches with him and uh, spent some time in his office on occasion, both in with Probe and in, in Orlando. He was uh, he's one of, certainly one of my heroes in golf. Um, I, I, you know, I think that anybody who has any love for this game misses Arnold Palmer, uh, as we miss some of our heroes when they leave us. Um, he was a hero of mine as a little boy growing up in the game. He inspired me in the game. Everybody wanted to be Arnold Palmer and, or, or Seve Balaceros and, and, you know, the, the swashbuckling, charismatic kind of people that they were. So Arnold was definitely missed. Uh, what a display Francesco Malinari put on a Sunday. That was just unbelievable. I mean, I, I got to sneak home and catch the last four holes live from work, uh, which I don't often get to do. And, you know, here, here's a guy that plays golf so simply. There's nothing... If you if you didn't know who he was and you're on a range next to him, he probably wouldn't impress you hitting golf balls. I mean, it's nothing spectacular. It's just pure, simple management. Plays within himself. Plays beautifully balanced golf. Doesn't get very excited. Doesn't you know? Doesn't overpower the golf course. Doesn't. If you saw Francesco Molinari hitting balls next to Dustin Johnson, you'd think that you know, <laughs> one was his pro am partner maybe. You know, but I mean, the guy is amazing. How in control he is of his golf ball and his golf game. I. I really like the guy a lot. He's he's definitely uh, you know an inspiration to the little man out there playing golf. The way maybe more the way the member could play golf, you know. And Tom, you mentioned Seve, and now you know we're we're a couple of weeks short of uh, the Masters, so we're all starting to look ahead to that. And I know you worked uh, with Seve for a time. You spent some time with him. 
He won a couple of green jackets in 80 and 83. Your thoughts of remembering Seve and what made him so good out there at Augusta National? Uh, thanks, Chris. I appreciate that. Yeah, he was, uh, he became a dear friend. Uh, I, I would call him a very much a part-time student. I was not a huge influence in his, his golf, although I got to spend some time working with him. But he was extremely kind to me. We got to be very, very friendly. Um, every time, every time, this time he had a Masters comes around and certainly the Open Championship and the Open Championship comes around, I, I can't help but not think about him. Um, and I think about him much more often than that. I've, I've got a whole file on my iPad, uh, devoted to pictures of Seve competing and swinging. Um, he, you know, he was, uh, he was like Arnold. He was a different cat. He was very charismatic. He was very passionate about his golf. Um, nobody, I don't think any two people on the planet loved the, loved the game of golf more than Arnold and Seve possibly, but, uh, it's certainly something I think about Masters time. Masters time is very exciting for me. It's my favorite tournament on the planet and, and I don't have any problems saying that. Um, you know, I, I, I don't work on Masters Sunday. I never, I never have booked a lesson on Masters Sunday. My book is always X'd out on Masters Sunday and I'm the guy who watches the, you know, the 11 o'clock highlights and anything on ESPN and the golf channel. I can't get enough of Masters Week, and, you know, I, we go on occasion, Denise and I go up there, we've been to a couple of tournaments, I've been to four or five of them now, um, it's, it's, it's the pinnacle for me, you know, there's nothing, nothing greater than Masters Week. And Tom, here we are, it is Players' Championship Week, and I uh, want to get your thoughts on, on that tournament as well, you know, we look at, uh, at uh, TPC Sawgrass and Pete Dye's course, and the 17th green and all of that. What uh, what sticks out for you when you're watching the players? So this is when I get in trouble, Chris. So you always see one of those up in every interview. I mean, this is where I really get in trouble with my peers at the PGA of America. I think I think the stature of that tournament, the quality of that field, the quality of that golf course, it's the strongest field in golf all year long, the purse, the tradition, who's won that golf tournament now, how they've won that golf tournament. I think that's golf's not, I don't think it's golf's fifth major. I think it's golf's fourth major. I think it's ahead of the PGA Championship, and I am going to get bad emails for this one. I'm going to get bad text messages for this one. Really bad. But there's no comparison to the strength of the field with the PGA Championship. It, you know, I, I think that, you know, people have trouble sometimes, and, I, and I'm a traditionalist, but sometimes I have trouble with tradition and, and understanding or seeing what it is for what it really is. But that is a major championship, and, 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 you know, I think strength of field alone puts it ahead of the PGA. I think now we're, you know, we're, we're a bunch of decades into this event. Look at who's won it, how they've won it, the excitement of it, the excitement of that golf course, what Pete did with that golf course with stadium golf. There's so many positives about that tournament that just jump off the screen at you. So many storylines to that tournament. You know, the 17th green, going to 16 and 2, the drive on 18. I mean, you know, come on, folks. That that is a major golf championship. Tom, I want to get a couple other thoughts from you. And first, I saw you tweeted out that Mountain Lake Country Club there in Lake Wales, Florida. You said that is in your personal top ten. Talk about that that course, and what are some of the other courses in Tom Patry's top ten? Well, Mountain Lake is a really unusual uh, beast, Chris. It's 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 tucked away in Lake Wales, Florida, which is which is not nowhere, but it's right next to nowhere. Um, you couldn't, you couldn't trip over it off, off of, you can't, you can't get there off an interstate. You have to, it's a back road to get there. It's, it's tucked away in sleepy, quiet Lakeville, Florida. It's a Seth Rainer, you know, you know, early turn of the century design. It's Seth Rainer at its very best, who, who happens to be my favorite. Um, it's totally untouched, totally unspoiled. 
Um, it's not on most, it's not on very many people's radar screens, but it hasn't been altered. It hasn't been changed. It's probably, I don't think it's 6,800 100 yards falling off the very back tee. It's so much fun. You know, there's a barrette, there's a, there's a punch bowl. You know, um, you know, every, there's a Redan. Every, every traditional golf hole from Scotland is on that golf course. And they're not replicas. They are really well done, like a really well done Redan, a really well done barrette, a really well done punch bowl. Um, in, in, in classic design of, of golf holes. It's just a fantastic place. It's a sleepy, tucked away. It's like walking back and it's like going back in time. Every time I drive through the gate, I feel like I'm back in 1935 or something like that. It's just, it's one of my favorite places to go. It's not overdone. It's not overwhelming. It's not over the top. It's simple, pure golf right in front of you. So it's really white, way up on my list. Um, it, it's not, it's not the bravado of an Oakmont or, or Shinnecock or anything like that. It's just, it's just, just great fun golf, the way golf really should be, I think, for the member and even for the better player. It, it's a challenging golf course. Fun. But as far as my, my favorites, I mean, there's so many to choose from, Chris, but I mean, you know, here, here in the States, Shinnecock and National Golf Links of America, I'm a Long Island boy, so I always go back to my roots. Those two are, you know, two places that, you know, always revered as me as a kid growing up. Beth Page Black certainly is one of my all-time favorites, uh, you know, as a public course kid growing up there. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of the cathedral of public golf in the world. It's, and it's one of the hardest damn golfers you'll ever play. Um, you know, so those are some of my favorites there up in the Northeast. You know, you know, St. Andrews, you have to put that in the mix just because it's St. Andrews and it feels like you're going to the Vatican. I'm a big Carnoustie fan. I'm a big Turnberry fan. Um, so those are some of my favorites. San Francisco Golf Club on the West Coast and, and Cypress Point are, are, are two of my all-time favorites. Cypress Point might be my favorite walk in golf. So if you just took those golf courses and put them on your list, I think you'd uh, pretty much have died and gone to heaven. Tom, just a couple more before we let you go. And and one of the things that I hear a lot of people say is, boy, he or she's got a good golf swing, but they're not a good ball striker. What's the difference? How do, how do you how can you have a good golf swing but still not be a good ball striker? Because you can't find the middle of the face. You know, I mean, pretty doesn't perform necessarily. You know. The only, the only box that matters on a scorecard, Chris, is the one right after the 18th hole we put that last number in. I mean, you think Jim Furyk has a pretty golf swing? Raymond Floyd, Chichi Rodriguez? None of those were pretty. But they all got the ball to come out of the, of the middle of the face in a compressed manner. So I'm not a big pretty fan. I don't really care much about pretty. I'm more a functionality guy. So if you can compress the golf ball and, and make the ball come out of the middle of the face, there's a lot of ways to skin that cat. I'm, that's why... You know, I'm, I'm not a method teacher. That's not why, you know, you have to, everybody has to do it the same way, teacher. I mean, if you look at the greatest golf swings on tour, um, you, you'd find fault in just about every one of them. I mean, you'd find something you wanted to change, and you'd be a fool to change any of them in most cases. I mean, you know, I mean, Jim Furyk, if you didn't know who Jim Furyk was and, and you saw him on the range next year, he'd give him to his side. You know, and he'd, he'd beat the living tar <laughs> out of you. You know, I mean, Jim Furyk makes the ball come out of the face, in the middle of the face, every single time. So I, I think, you know, I was influenced by the great late Bill Strasbaugh and Jim Flick, and, and they both imparted their wisdom on me and said to me, be careful when you rush in there with somebody. You know, watch a lot of shots, watch the ball flight, watch the consistency of the flight, and listen to the sound off the face. If you like where the ball goes and you like the trajectory and the curvature, and you like where the sound's coming off the face. You know? So I, I watch a lot of shots with my players, my, especially my better players, before I make many changes. Um, 
I don't think pretty is the answer. I think functionality is the answer. Tom, before we let you go, we want you to keep te teeing it up. Uh, you're headed to Fishers, Indiana in a couple of months. At, uh, you're now the director of golf instruction at the Hawthorne's Golf and Country Club up there. Let the people of Indiana know what's coming their way. Well, I mean, I think what's coming their way is fundamentally sound teaching and coaching. I mean, I think, you know, Chris, you and know, I have talked a lot of golf over the last couple of years together. I'm, I'm a fundamentalist. You know, Gail said so many great things about grip, aim, alignment, stance, posture, ball position, and spacing. If you don't get the launching pad right, you know, not much can go right in the motion. So I think what they're going to hear is a really fundamentally sound approach to the game. I think they're going to hear things that they can actually do and achieve. I think they're going, to feel, they're going to leave the practice tee every single time with me, not confused about their golf swing, not confused about their golf game. I think they're going to say, why didn't I do this 20 years ago? Why wasn't I a fundamentalist? Why was I you know, chasing the holy grail? Um, I'm really excited. I'm excited when I have new people in front of me because they, you know, they're, they're ready to get better. You know, if they, a person takes time out of their schedule to take an hour of golf lesson, they want to be there. They want to get better. There's a reason they want to be there. So, I love that passionate golfer. I love that person in search of a better strike, a better, you know, a better compression off the face. I'm excited about being up here. Tommy Moore is a dear friend. Uh, I, I'm so, I'm so grateful to him for having me as part of his staff. It, it should be a lot of fun. It's a part of the country I have not spent any time in. I've heard so many great things about it. There's so many Midwesterners in Naples that are just polite, fun, respectful people. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to being up there. Tom, let our listeners know how they can stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, both on your website and now you're, you know, you're all over Twitter and Instagram. Let them know how they can follow you there as well. Yeah, Chris, every social media platform, just like you, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, and, and fa multiple pages on Facebook, uh, the website is simply TomPatrickPatri.com. Um, I, I, I love hearing from people. I love hearing their comments on those pages. I, I love when they reach out. Um, Email address is tpatry at mindspring.com, and I love, you know, getting people to ask me their questions or give me their thoughts. Uh, I just love talking to people about the game, as, as you do, Chris. That, that's why we do this, because we love the greatest game on the planet. So I'm, I'm excited. As you should be, and as the people up in Indiana should be as well. Tom, thank you so much for coming back and being a part of the show again tonight. I love the fact that you're going to be joining me a couple of times a month. It's, uh, it's certainly my favorite segment of the show. Thank you for being here tonight. Chris, my man, it's a pleasure to be with you. You know how much I, I, I love the fact that you're, you're so passionate about the game like anybody out there that loves the game is. I mean, people like, we talked about Artie, we talked about Seve tonight, you know, Gail Graham certainly, and, you know, you, you're no different than us, man. You're, you're just one of the people that really love the game and respect the game, and we're, we're happy you're part of our game. Thank you for having me, pal. I appreciate you, TP. Take care, my friend. All the best to you and your family. Look forward to catching up in a couple of weeks. Thank you, sir. See you, Tom. That is the great Tom Patrick. Tom Patrick Golf. I'm telling you, folks, you got to follow him both on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Go go check out his website, Tom Patrick, P-A-T-R-I. I'm telling you, you're going to find a lot of great content, a lot of great videos, a lot of great instruction. And as we started out the segment talking about Golf Tips Magazine, Tom is uh, one of the, the leaders in, uh, with putting all the content and the other instructors together for that magazine. Obviously, his content is going to be in there. And uh, when I found out all about this, you know, months ago, I certainly was, you know, very quick to go out and subscribe to the magazine. So many great instructors. And there are so many of the, the folks that have been a part of this show over the years as well. Our good friend Cindy Miller is on there as well. Allison Kurtz, who's absolutely fantastic. So 
a lot of great instructors are uh, part of Tom's team there on Golf Tips uh, Magazine. So highly recommend it. I, I take it to the practice range with me because I'll open up the magazine, lay it on the ground, and I'm following the instruction that Tom or Gail or Cindy or Allison or those guys are putting together to make sure that I'm getting better. I can't recommend it highly enough. Look forward to having Tom back on the show here in a couple of weeks. 